Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Kyle Beats podcast. So, it's been like three weeks since I did a podcast. Um, I was doing a lot of stuff. I was moving. A lot of you guys know life is crazy. So I was moving. Uh, my mom went to the hospital. She was in a rehab for a little bit. So a lot of a lot of stuff going on. So I didn't upload a podcast for like three weeks. I was actually supposed to upload this one last Wednesday, but I'm uploading it this Wednesday. Um, yeah, I moved to a new house. Studio is crazy. The house is lit. It's insane. The videos are going to be even better from now on. The podcast is back. It took a couple weeks off and we're back. We're doing it. You know, that's what happens. So <laughs> today on the podcast, I have the one and only Busy Works Beats. For those of you guys who don't know who Busy Works Beats is, he's pretty much been around on YouTube doing tutorials since I kind of started making beats like four or five, six years ago. Um, he started, he said he started really pushing hard about four years ago when it came to doing tutorials and all that stuff. I learned so much about busy, busy work speeds that I didn't know. He, he, he's a smart dude. He went to like pre-med school. He went to, he was trying to be a doctor, do the craziest stuff. And then he realized he really liked to be an entrepreneur. And now I kind of, I feel like I understand him a lot more just looking from the outside in. Um, he clearly just has a real passion for business and, and building a business and teaching. And um, yeah, this one's, this one's a really cool one. Another like really unique podcast. I swear to God, like everyone, every single person on YouTube or whatever I get these guests from are like super unique in their own ways. And um, yeah, it's lit. Thank you guys so much for supporting. Thank you guys for watching the videos. They're all doing so good. If you don't follow me, go follow me, Instagram, Twitter, at Kyle Garvin Beats and follow me on YouTube if you don't already. So make sure you leave a review in the podcast. Let's get into it. Episode... 17 are we on 17 episode 17 hopefully of the kyle beats podcast with busy works beats in three two one Yo, kyle, this is crazy. Alrighty then here we go welcome back to the kyle beats podcast i forget what episode this is but welcome back to the podcast today on the podcast we have the one and only busy works beats hey. a youtube a youtube fl studio veteran <laughs> to say the least what's good dude what's up man look i am hyped i am super hyped all that anticipation building up to talk to kyle himself <laughs> let's get it dude um <laughs> But yeah, man, I mean, first time, I don't know if you listened to the podcast before, but like when I get someone new on here, which pretty much everyone is right now, I like to do a background and I know you've been doing this for a long, how long have you been doing like the whole YouTube FL Studio Beats thing? Mm -hmm. um, I'd say four years solid, but technically experimenting from probably six to seven years. Yeah. But hardcore focus, definitely four years. University level. Yeah. Um, and like, give us a little background, like, where are you from? How did you get into music? And uh, kind of like a quick little origin story of your life, I guess. Sure, sure. Um, it's one of those things you realize, like, looking back with retrospect, like, for example, Mercury is in retrograde for all those who are wondering why life is throwing them a lot of obstacles right now. Mer Mercury, for example, is paused. So in the ancient days, they thought that the planet stopped. 
but it's really doing a certain orbit around the the galaxy um or, or solar system so my point was looking back in time um it all starts looking back um hmm. i was in choir as a kid i love making music i would make beats while i was in college i know you went to college shout yeah. out to you yes i did yes, you I, go yes, to college? I did. <laughs> yes i did i went to villanova university which is like known oh, for nice. sports mm -hmm. had yeah. a scholarship and uh i was gonna go for pre-med i got interviewed for harvard got interviewed for princeton didn't get in but i got interviewed they had interest oh, um, so you were I, like all about school huh pre-med what did you major in though um i did business but i mean i went to college i played soccer so i went to college to basically just because like that was the next step for soccer players was to go to college like that was what i was doing was trying to get on the best team and get a scholarship mm -hmm. and all that stuff and whoever basically i went to whoever gave me the most money <laughs> like right. i was not True. thinking about like classes or anything i was True. just going to the best the best team with the most money is what i was trying to go to mm -hmm. so and that i'm glad you brought that up because that's a decision kids have to make and if you have that option please go with it because student loans are just such a burden for no reason like um yeah i did get a scholarship to villanova but that was for housing and for the tuition but i still had to pay for books and all the other stuff yeah that's a lot of money and and still a lot. freaking um but i had a full ride for uh what was it school called robert owens or something some school in pa i forget the name now but i fell in love with the campus once i went there went there so my point is i was studying pre-med which is completely different than music but every time i had a test i found myself um like sitting there making beats like i don't know why it was always a joke with my roommate i was like oh we got a test tomorrow oh, time to do laundry time to make beats you know time to do everything else except study um and i just found myself going back to music linking up with all the people who are involved in music but i never put it together like this is what i really want to do so in sophomore year of college um a quick story my roommate matt and i started a pre-med club so that's where i learned entrepreneurship we had to go in front of 150 students at a time, every single class, and pitch smarter kids than us, more brilliant, more rich, whatever they were, and convince them to join our club, which was just an idea. Okay, so we converted a lot of those people doing those cold presentations. And uh, we had the best club. We got the best club award. We had 200 members the first year, 400 the second year. So we had 100% growth in the first two years. And then we had to give up our presidency. But that taught me entrepreneurship. And that taught me integrity, learning. You might find what you love doing something you think you love. I thought I loved neurology, but what I really loved was applied psychology and marketing. I thought I loved medicine, but what I really loved was how doctors could start up their own practices as entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So and music. What, so how did you like, how that. did you take start taking steps into like music and mm -hmm. like what was the first like how did you first find out about fl studio and uh high school i think we were trying to reverse engineer the beats i heard on the internet sound click days um but then you know after school student loans hit so it's that reality of like shoot i gotta pay <laughs> i can't keep deferring these student loans you know that was when i started selling beats online it was when my <laughs> student loans started when sally may started kicking in true man that's like the your back's against the wall and you got to make something happen yeah and exactly. the first and the first thing you do is say, what am I skilled at? And that's that's what, you know, we take that leap of faith. And that's what Sharp did. You know Sharp? Yeah, yeah. Sharpie, Sharp. Mm -hmm. Sharpie, Sharp. Um, 
he did that at what age 18 he was like i'm either going to college or i'm going to make something happen and what did he do he made the decision to make something happen his back was against the wall he made something happen you too yeah i feel like it's easy to like not feel like your back's against the wall at 18 i mean it depends on your situation i guess but like Mm -hmm. for me like i was just so I just had such a clear path into like college. Like, yeah, you were taking some loans out for this and that. And I, I, I went to school for like six years. Cause I, when you play a sport, you're like, you're barely taking, you, you're taking enough classes just to play the sport. Like mm. that's pretty much it. So I went for like an extra year and a half just to finish school. So like mm-hmm. I basically have the, not the normal amount, but I still have tons of loans just from that. Mm. Um, and that's what put my back against the wall. It's crazy to me how some kids are like 17, 18 years old. And I was, I was playing Xbox when I was that age. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was not making beats. I was not trying to, I was trying to make money, but like, it always fell through because I didn't really need to. You know what I mean? You're living in, at home, like, mm-hmm. you're going to college. Like, yeah, you're racking up loans, but like, you don't really worry about it. I don't know. Like, True. it just wasn't a worry for me. That's very true. There's no uh, real world responsibility. But one thing I will say that is very real is the the pressure from your family to like go to college. Yeah. <clears throat> like, how do we? What do you? What do you tell kids who ask you, "Should I go to college or should I do my own thing?" What do you tell them? Um, I say, I mean, if someone says, "Should you go to college?" A lot of people ask me, "Should I go to college for music?" Um, like, what should I go to college for? And I didn't do that. I didn't go to college for music. So, I mean, other people have answered. I know Simon Trevito went to college for music. And we talked a lot about that in that podcast that I did with him. But you just, you don't like, you can use YouTube. If you want to do what I'm what I'm doing and you want to sell beats on the internet or you want to make a YouTube channel, like everything that I'm doing was not learned in college, like period. The thing I learned in college was just like, social skills and interacting with people and just stuff like that that like you can probably get somewhere else like could you get that if you just moved out of the house at 18 and went out and hustled and did something um Mm -hmm. i don't know but like music wise and all that stuff wise like i don't know (laughs) like you don't you don't necessarily need it some people some people it's good for like i think it was good for me like i just i played soccer and i was just playing xbox and like I think going to college for me was good because I was able to just get out of the house and just do my own thing and figure out who I was. And, and just like, I chose to stay inside and edit videos in my free time and like mm-hmm. play video games and instead of like hanging out with people. So it forced oh. me to like be living with like multiple people in the same room. You know what I'm saying? Like you're in a forced quad. Like I had four people in my tiny little room and True. like, it just forced you. It just forced you because I'm such a loner. Like I choose to be alone, but like you don't have that in college. So I think that was good for me to like be around other people. But when it comes to classes, like absolutely not. <laughs> like the oh, classes yeah. part of college is absolutely pointless unless you want to be like a doctor or like a neurosurgeon or something like that. Mm-hmm. Then like you have to do it. But like if you're trying to learn, like education is very important, but for certain things like business and maybe potentially music like i don't know you can learn that other places especially business especially like business you can only learn by doing it (laughs) you know what i mean that's the only way you can learn that's very true 
um, you nailed you nailed it on the head. You hit the nail on the head when you said that you learn the intangible things. It's not just the curriculum you're learning at college. You're learning the social skills. You're learning how to navigate through political environments. You're learning how to make something from nothing because you're broke in college. I mean, unless you're like a rich kid, which I was around plenty. Um, yeah, I'm sure you were <laughs> Villanova. <laughs> yeah, or, or any of the other ones, Harvard or any of those. To super wealthy families, and you see how much how they operate um you just learn a lot you learn how to read write do math that seems basic you learn how to speak um you learn how to think meaning like you have a philosophy a logical way you think about things mm-hmm. and that's a polish that you may not get out in the real world per se but who knows so we could be complaining because we're getting the student loan portion of it but maybe if we never went we wouldn't have the same perspective. We would be limited in thinking or something, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm here now, so you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what can I say? But like, um, I think there's definitely a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of people that aren't where I'm at that could have been somewhere better if they didn't go. But like, mm. um, that's just, it's just up to you. You have to figure out who you are and what you want. You know what True. I mean? And just go, go with the flow and go with your gut, I guess. And, Mm-hmm. But um, did you did you have to make a decision like in college to be, to be like, because <laughs> that's a big decision going from being pre-med to doing right. music like that is completely like different. Like, <laughs> it was is that, different. Did you have to do that, make that decision during college or kind of when you graduated? Oh, no, it was after I graduated, had student loans. So I even was studying for the MCAT. I mean, I thought I knew everything about chemistry and organic chem and bio and all this stuff physics i thought i knew everything because once you study for the mcat you turn into like this robot and like you have to have everything in order like your soap has to be on your bathtub the right way your you know toothbrush (laughs) has to be like a certain angle it's crazy you get in this robotic mode and um that's when i felt my smartest but at the same time i was my least smart so anyway so the mcat didn't go as planned and i was like this the mcat takes like four years of training. This is not something I can learn in three months. So I was like, am I going to risk four more years of my life to possibly, you know, go to a med school? So I started applying for jobs. They're not really hiring because you need eight years of experience your first year. Uh, I mean, the entry level jobs. Hmm? That's, that that shit is so insane. <laughs> like the whole med, right. med school route, like that shit is like crazy. That's just like, bonkers to me. I'm like, yeah, these labs are hiring, but you have to have eight years of experience. How are you supposed to get eight years of experience when you're a newly uh, graduate? So it was you start to realize the real world is not what they make it seem to be. And then your back's against the wall. You have to make something happen. You have to make money legally. And we just decided me and you decided to take that chance on what we knew. We had faith and we put it to work. The biblical principles, if you don't put your faith to work, it doesn't mean anything. You can want and desire something all day long, but the point of desiring something, have you studied Napoleon Hill? Nope. Okay, Napoleon Hill's, uh, <laughs> well, you've heard of Thinking Grow Rich, the book? Oh yeah, I've heard of that book. I, I don't read though, I don't really read True. books. True, I didn't read it all the way through, but the concept is that, one of the concepts is that you have to have white hot desire, meaning that you desire something so much that your your body will act. So that's the whole point of desiring something is you want it so bad that you're going to go for it. Like if you see a hot girl in the room and she's attractive and you're like, man, I would waste this whole opportunity if I didn't walk up and say, hey, <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And you want it so bad that you you take that 
leap of faith, which is just having such a desire to go after that person that you do it. But people who don't have their desire high don't take that action. But you took the action. So my question is, was it out of desire or was it to avoid something? For doing music? <laughs> yeah, like what you're doing now, just starting your own brand. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've been trying stuff like forever. Like, f like a lot of people know this by now, but like, um, I mean, like since I was like 18, I was trying to start like companies and trying to start all this stuff. And even before music, like I had like an app company, like an app startup with my buddy of mine where we got an investment for like $100,000. This is like a few years before this is like coming right out of college and we got an investment to go start an app. This is like right when iPhones were becoming really mainstream mm -hmm. and we did like this tour and like we were touring around all these colleges trying to like brand ourselves and get the word out there and get downloads, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously it didn't work out a year of that and it was over just like a classic startup situation. Mm -hmm. But other than that, like I've been trying to start stuff like every single week in my life and I kind of got to the point where I was like, all right, I've been doing this. I've been do trying to make money for years now. Everything lasts like two months and I'm sick of it. Like I've, mm -hmm. I mean, I'll get, I'll get fucking emails now on some of my old emails and it will literally be like, oh shit. Like, remember when I tried to start this like <laughs> stupid ass website idea, like, like selling mugs or something. You know what I mean? It's just like the mm -hmm. most ridiculous things and I'll try for like two months. And then yeah. it always just kept coming back to like, in between all that, I was just making beats for fun and I didn't know that you could sell beats online. And then I saw people like Taz Taylor and like other people on the internet mm -hmm. that were selling beats full time and like were making a lot of money doing it. And I was like, fuck that. Like, I'm just gonna do this. I'm just gonna sell beats. So I just put my all into it. Like I had I had years of doing it on and off. So I was mm -hmm. like good enough to sell some beats. I wasn't that great. And then from there, I just put my all into it, uploaded as many beats I had on my computer and just mm -hmm. hustled on Instagram in over four months. Sure. So at the time I did it because my back was against the wall, but right. it was also the only thing that I never gave up. So it was kind of both. Like it, it, my back was against the wall, so I had to do it. And I also mm -hmm. moved down to Florida at the time in a, to live with my one of my homies um, in an apartment. So right. I also used to do music videos here in Boston. And I, I, yeah. I like all my videos and stuff, I had a lot of like, you can make a lot of money being a photographer and videographer. So I had none of that. I had no connections in, I was in Orlando, like such a random place. Like I was putting stuff on Craigslist. It just wasn't working. So I couldn't make mm -hmm. money doing videos anymore. So I was like, I have to do something on the internet. So like literally the only choice I had was to sell beats. And like when you ha mm. when you put that to yourself, like you have to make money selling beats or doing mixing and mastering or something online, mm -hmm. like you make it happen. <laughs> like or else yeah. you're gonna lose. Or else or else I had to move back home and move in with my parents again. Like mm -hmm. and just like I was just like, I don't know. Yeah. Even that that's that's the real like process um one thing i have mentees who are mo in the modeling industry the fitness industry um you know partially the video industry and what other industry uh the fashion <coughs> excuse me choking on protein <coughs> protein uh drink that i had after the gym my fault <laughs> wow i caught one of the grains in my throat so <laughs> tearing up 
but um what protein do you use what's what's your go-to uh this is a vegan one called vega one or vega one. Oh really i'm like whole foods chocolate flavor i don't know if anybody relates but hey um, yeah, i use i i use optimal nutrition oh like the real stuff double chocolate <laughs> you said double chocolate <laughs> i think that's the flavor i think that's what it's called it's double chocolate it's, double the, it's cho- just the chocolate one but i think it's called double chocolate <laughs> You can add like an espresso shot of triple chocolate just if you want to get real <laughs> amped. <laughs> um, oh, wait. What was I? I forgot what I was talking about, to be honest with you. I, I was, was going to ask you, though, uh, how, how old are you now? Like, 27. When did all this? 27. Yeah, I'm, I'm 26. Oh, but, um, wait. Here's my point. My bad. I, I remembered. Okay. So my mentees, um, again, film industry, fashion industry, modeling industry, and everything else. And I tell them that if you're doing a service, because in business, you know this, there's either a service or a product. Yeah. And the problem with the service industry is that you rely very heavily on like relationships and like people's shifting moods, like all the time. Catering to others. And you cater to others all the time. It's a very dangerous place to be because it's so subjective sometimes. And I tell them, if you want to get into this game where you can sell things while you're asleep in real wealth, you have to sell products while you're asleep. To do that, you have to get online or you have to create a product that's outside of you expending your time in exchange for money. So did you have that realization? Um, yeah, I think like I think during the process, you realize because because when I first it was almost like I was a service at first. Like when I first started selling beats on Instagram, my mm-hmm. whole my whole like business, <laughs> my whole plan was just hitting up as many people as humanly possible that had anything to do with music, like rappers and anyone following accounts that I knew were rappers. I would just hit them up and um, I would DM them. I'd comment on their posts. Hey, check out my beats, blah, 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 blah. So mm-hmm. I was just answering messages all day. And it wasn't very like brand heavy. Like I would get some repeat customers and and people kind of followed me and knew who I was and kind of, but like it wasn't very reliable. You know what I mean? I had to, I had to figure out something that was more like, it was like I was shoving it down their throats and eventually like I was able to make money and make a thousand dollars a week. But like, yeah, you definitely get to that point where you're like, I have to do something else. And like, that's when the YouTube came along where, um, I started pushing the YouTube way mm-hmm. more. Like once I was able to get a steady revenue or like steady enough from the beats where I was able to like, all right, today I'm going to make a video. I started pushing out the videos more and, um, and like building that YouTube brand has definitely made things more Fluid. like I don't have to rely on hustling and answering emails and like half my whole life was answering emails and and sending emails and answering dms and sending them and just like Mm -hmm. do you want mixing and mastering i'll throw it in for free just stuff like that so it was kind of like a combination between servicing and selling products because i was selling beats but i was also like if someone like didn't like something like oh i can make you a custom beat too and like Mm -hmm. mixing and mastering so it's just it was just kind of like a hustle but Mm -hmm. To what you're saying, yeah, it's definitely more like that building a brand is the most valuable thing on on planet Earth. Mm -hmm. Like a a year ago before I made the YouTube or two years ago, I should say, Mm -hmm. like if I stopped sending out messages and comments, it would have just completely died out in like a week. I would have been broken like a week. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, but now 
I could I could stop uploading for six months and come back and and I'm not gonna do that, but like because yeah, I because like, I, I want to keep growing. You know what I mean? I this is like what I love to do, but like you could literally completely stop and come back and you'd still have people like that. The mm-hmm. the brand is the most important thing. It's like ridiculous, but true. And uh, it's it, I'm glad you showed that difference between you seeking stuff and it coming to you, because what a brand really is is repetitive action over time. So. What that does is it creates a communication channel. So we're using YouTube as a, a medium. Like the way they're hearing us is through the internet. That's the medium. If they heard us over the phone, that would be AT and T. Or I don't get reception in my own house, so maybe Verizon. Okay. Um, <laughs> and when so what happens is we go from being a baby, which is completely selfish and thinking about our own self, and taking and taking and taking, because a baby can't do anything. It has to receive. So we start as selfish beings. Over time through life, we evolve into an altruist, which is a giving being. And the highest evolution of a human is to go to only receive in order to give. And this is what the God image is. It's becoming like the creator because what the creator is, is giving and receiving. If we call, if you know how people say God is love? Mm-hmm. But how do we define love? Love is an action of back and forth dynamic. It's a back, an action of giving and receiving. So what happens is if we're selfish people, we put up an ego block and we don't allow the giver to give to us because of selfishness. Okay. But once we block our ego shield and lower it through altruism, meaning we only want to receive in order to give, we receive the good things and then we give the good things. Over time, it seems like you've discovered that giving leads to receiving, which is called the law of reciprocity in the universe. For every action is a reaction. It's a law of physics. So would, would you say, I'm asking you a question, would you say that when you started giving more, you attracted more? <laughs> Dude, do you read a lot? You seem like you read a lot of books. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just try to be enlightened, that's all. <laughs> bless Taylor, bless uh, Laura. You're the craziest vocabulary. They I feel like you should better. write a book. <laughs> God willing, one day. But how how do you feel like so when was that switch for you when you went from you know, a receiver to a giver? What do you mean? Like when was the switch and you were like creating a brand rather than like hustling on Instagram? Yeah, because you deliver content. And I even look at your videos, I'm like, he's creative. He knows what he's doing. He's doing it differently. He's giving people value in the process. So Mm -hmm. when did that switch go to say, instead of me, because, okay, maybe I need to give a context. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Um, I think too, like, um, I think that's where like, because once you start making money, like what, what, like, I don't have, I don't really have a passion for making an extra $10,000 a year or making an extra, you know what I'm saying? Or making an extra $2,000 a month or, you know what I'm saying? Like. Mm-hmm. It happens and it happens as you grow, but like, that's not really where my, pa- like once I was able to make enough money to survive, mm-hmm. that, that was the big thing for me. And then eventually you make enough money where you don't even notice it going out of your bank account every time the bills come around. And then eventually you're getting enough to like, you know what I mean? Where you're saving up a ton of money, you can do other things, but like, mm-hmm. that's not like, I, I put my passion in like creating something that makes people excited and watching floods of comments come in and then just like giving like my biggest thing is like giving value to someone who is just sitting in like 
the, a random town in like Alabama or something or like Louisiana yeah. or like Oklahoma, just somewhere completely fucking random and nobody understands what they want to do, but they're watching beat making videos on the internet and they're mm-hmm. watching like Russ and they're watching artists and do all this stuff from the internet and they want to do it, but nobody else fucking understands it. So they can point at people like me and be like, look what he's doing. I'm going to fucking do that. I think that's right. like the biggest thing for me is because like, you're not going to fucking like, you're, you you can only like, someone's always going to have more money than you. Someone's always going to be more mm-hmm. successful than you. Someone's, it's just not like, True. you can't be fucking happy if you put your happiness there. So like, I think that's what, once I became comfortable, I started really focusing more on like, making people fucking be like damn that beat was crazy like this is the craziest beat ever and then right just coming with new content i just love content whether it's music videos like those mm-hmm. things together it's just like that's where my passion is but True. one one thing i respect about you is that you're showing people the process just like um now again we don't have to be perfect musicians to give people value you're showing people this is possible this is how you can be yourself do what you love and still be lucrative and run a business and still grow as a human being you're showing them it's possible just like sharp he wasn't the greatest producer in the beginning and people would you know flame his beats all the time but he still decided that he's going to create value by either entertaining people or showing them you know his process whatever it may be but you revealed the reality from your perspective and that's what makes it special that's what makes you stand out from everybody else like you're a name like you've gotten to the point where you're not a part of the noise and that's because you focused on you so much and your perspective that now you can do greater things see right there there that's like the perfect example of like what people need to do that are trying to come that have 137 followers right now that are trying to trying to be a producer or a music maker or something on the internet mm-hmm. It it sucks because like you can't really like when you pave your own way, it's like it gives you the most value because it separates you. And I don't know, like I feel like with the videos and stuff, I I feel like I've done that and I've tried to do that. Even with the vlogs and stuff, too. Right. Nobody really gets it, but um, they're starting to get it now for sure. Um, when, When you started like when you started uploading videos like was there wasn't really anyone doing it right at the time like when you started doing tutorials like mm-hmm. how did you like what was the first tutorial you uploaded that really started getting views um it was it was like hip-hop beginner fl studio was like the first one that popped off but then it was my tom ford instrumental was the thing that got me to that next level because that attracted um you know my mcn for youtube the partnership Oh, yeah. Even though those are bad deals. Never take an MCN deal. People, if you're watching yeah, this. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you, do you, <laughs> did you like do that? Like, how does that even work? It's basically people taking 30% of your proceeds to do nothing but collect. Offer you tools you can buy for $50 a month. And they say they're going to get you collaborations and stuff? They Yeah, I, I got lied to. He was like, um, you know, Chief you keeps still, on this. Huh? I was going to say, are you still locked into that? Yeah, and I'm God. Thank the Lord, we're getting out February, so I can't wait to celebrate when we get off of <laughs> broadband TV. Do not sign to an MCM, people. If you're listening, it's yeah. a waste. You can get the same tools for fifty bucks a month. Don't do it. And they just fucking lie to you. But what were you, what were you gonna say? You were saying something about Chief <laughs> yeah. Keith. Uh, yeah, I was promised to work with Chief Keith, and yeah. what was your core question? Because I had a point that I was gonna get into. 
um, like the first, like, just okay. like the first videos you were putting up. Like, I'm curious about year one. Like, mm-hmm. how did you, like, like what made you want to do this? You know what I mean? Because it's like now if someone put up a video, how to make hip hop tutorials or <laughs> that was the worst thing ever, mm-hmm. how to make like yeah. a hip hop beat. Like right. you look at it and like, oh, it makes sense. He, he wants to do this on YouTube. But like mm-hmm. four years ago, like why, what, yeah, like I can see four years ago putting up a beat and trying to sell it because some people were doing that. But like, why did right. you want to do that four years ago? I'm, I'm super mm-hmm. curious. Um, I learned that teaching is actually how I learn. That sounds backwards, but that's the reality. And one thing, I, the way I actually started was I was in a small Facebook group of producers who were who all bought like this ebook on how to sell beats. And he, they would have random questions like, how do I create this synth? How do I do this? And I would just show them because they're my friends on Facebook. And yeah. then naturally, YouTube showed me that I'm helping people. What was the state you said? Uh, Kansas or Kentucky? <laughs> I said Alabama and Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, shoot, I'm helping somebody from Alabama and Oklahoma. And you're like, I can do a lot bigger things. And it's what got me t- to YouTube is growth, like seeing earning potential. Because, again, yeah. you. For all those who don't know, in the beginning, YouTube was my only source of income in the beginning. And that's how I got the ball rolling to then invest in other stuff and then build up a bigger business that way. But when it's your only source of income, you're going to figure out a way to make it grow, you know? Yeah. And and I remember you said this. I don't know if you still feel this way, but you feel like sometimes it becomes a job like to create. You're like, I got to do the same thing over again. <laughs> <laughs> like That's a reality. I mean. And they and the weird part is that people want to see the same thing over and over again. It's the craziest. Yeah. How do you feel it's about that? It's just like I just like for me, it's just like um it definitely is gonna get that way no matter what. Like no matter what you do to spice it up. But like for me, I'm here in Massachusetts, like my dream is to like move to LA. Um I don't know if you know but my mom is sick, she has cancer. So mm-hmm. I'm like as, as someone who works from home, like I'm one of her primary care givers or whatever mm-hmm. but um so like eventually i want to move somewhere like la and mm-hmm. get a house or get an apartment and be around people and be collaborating and have other people in the mix and be making a plethora of different videos and be you know what i'm saying like just mm-hmm. challenging myself all the time but here by myself i don't really have anyone else to be in the videos and it's just like similar stuff so it's like hard to spice it up and um, True. I just know my potential and I think like even the, even since I went to LA I made like a trip for like six days in the film right. I got three three videos out I think mm-hmm. like even since then I felt like a shift because I feel like a lot of people were like alright damn like Kyle can fucking create some content and like I've I've barely even done that I think I have like seven videos where I'm like actually out vlogging doing something cool like imagine if I was doing that 365 days a year, how how much better I would get at it. Like not a, not only would the content be amazing, but I would get so much better at like being out in public and being able to film and knowing like oh this is gonna work in this video because mm-hmm. like it looks e- when you look at the video you're like oh it's easy just fucking go to this place and film, but then go try to do it you're gonna be like what the fuck is you like telling a story every single day in a video is like not an easy thing to do. True. But I just like, that's like where my passion is, I think, like telling the story of my life, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And you have the uh, videography experience. So you have that competitive advantage. I don't yeah. know how to load up 
Like, I have a tripod. I don't know. If, well, you can't see my screen, but oh, just hit my walls. But I have a tripod here, and I don't even know how to use the camera that goes on top of the tripod, you know? <laughs> so that's your. That's yeah, definitely yeah. an advantage that we're missing. We need more realness. Well, instead of people just showing the DAW all the time, we need more, like, I need to know that's Kyle's spirit. That's somebody else's spirit, you know, like different people. Um, and one thing you said, so, you know, having family sick, I too have family that got sick, even my own. Now, not to that degree. So I respect your mother. I All blessings go her direction. Everybody in the chat should uh, blast some love her way. And when you have that intense love for somebody and they're under attack by something, that also puts your back against the wall. Because I remember my mom had a random situation and it like I wanted to go 3000 degrees harder at school. So but I got to realize that life is always ups and downs. And we have to realize that the phoenix rises up from the ashes. You know, life is a sine wave. There's peaks that go up like a roller coaster. They go down. We cross the node or the threshold and we go to the uh, opposite voltage of the peak, which is the trough. But we resurrect again, which is going back from the negative one to positive one. And it's an ongoing cycle that defines life, the plus one and the negative one without vibration, without oscillation. Life is nothing. There will be nothingness. But the fact that we exist means something exists. The fact that we have problems means there's a solution. The fact that we have people hating you means there's people that love you. There's polar opposites. What do you What do you think your goal is when it comes to like everything? Because I know I know you, I've seen you putting out um, songs and stuff too, and mm -hmm. doing the whole music side of things. And I think I definitely want to go there too. Like I have songs I'm working on. Like, mm -hmm. what do you think your like big goal out of everything is? Like, where do you see yourself? Like, mm -hmm. if you were to paint a picture perfectly. Uh, my ultimate goal, which is actually beyond this lifetime, I've had a revelation from a spiritual realm, and I believe I was in a heavenly place, whether people believe it or not. I was around the source of joy. So I have a direct experience of the thing people call this heavenly place. And I can tell you I was told three things. One is to show love. I was shown somebody showing love by giving somebody else a hug or complimenting somebody, giving them confidence, showing love, it, showing that showing people that love exists. Okay, showing them that a God figure does exist. That's showing love. Second step I was told is to be filled with the spirit of truth, meaning everything is not your own perspective. We get caught up in our own perspectives, how we see things and we get agitated. We get angry about how we see things. But in reality, if we were to go outside our perspectives and see somebody else's perspectives and see our perspectives and see what's in common, that would be the truth. So seek truth. And the third thing I was told is to complete your purpose, which is the highest thing, meaning you know, mine is giving Bibles. For example, I was told my purpose. But if you don't know your assignment or know your purpose, just ask for your assignment. You know, maybe you'll have a revelation like I had. So when I was there, life on Earth seemed like the flash. Like it seemed like it was so quick. It almost didn't exist. It was like a whisper. That's how like higher of a realm I was in. And wait, well, what, I don't understand. What do you mean? Like you? <laughs> I don't know if I was in the spirit or in the body. I was in, uh, you know, some, I, I don't know if it was the gate of heaven. I don't know. I was around the source of joy, <laughs> meaning there were, I could literally feel pouring out of this place. Like it was, an, it was angels singing 
and it, it was like pure joy. I can't even explain the feeling, but it was when way. Was this? I don't, what are you What are you talking about? Like you took some shrooms or something? <laughs> no, this is not induced. This was a uh, not. I'm not into drugs or anything like that. It, this was purely just. I me. was just kidding, but you're like completely oh. losing me right now. <laughs> like, no, I was just telling people in the chat. It's it's something that helps me get beyond. That's my ultimate goal is to complete my purpose. So everything I do here is for that greater purpose that exceeds all things. Um. That's why I was telling this story, but, um, you know, it's, there's something higher than any joy you can even experience in this human body. So that's my ultimate motivation, knowing that even if I go through pain on this earth or massive joy, it's nothing compared to what I've experienced in a higher revelation. So why am I worried about all the little nuances of life when ultimately, if I just focus on my purpose, I'm going to get to that source yeah, of what joy. Do you, what do you think like that purpose is to like to just give to as many people as possible and mm -hmm. just well i realized like, i realized in order to give bibles that takes money it takes influence and it takes reach so i started a business to uh with that purpose in mind so my ultimate goal for business would be to have to compete against berkeley to compete against all the universities that stole our money that's my oh, ultimate okay. goal if you that's, want it like that's a cool mm-hmm See, that would be crazy. Like, that would be great. It's just like, um, if you did go that route, because mm -hmm. that's definitely something that nobody has done. And you could probably, I feel like you could be the, probably the one, because it seems like you do have a passion for that. You know what I mean? When you look at, when you trace back the track record, it seems like you do have a passion for teaching like theory and te teaching the basics and mm -hmm. of, of like, music and fl studio and and like what it takes to make music and um right it definitely seems like you do have a passion for all that which is which is cool yeah um, to, to expand real quick uh, just quickly i'll just say this um the music theory thing so for example i was david versus goliath the universities have been around for how many years like 70 hundreds of years and we pop up on youtube and we're teaching more people in a short amount of time how to actually make beats actually know what they're doing in music theory hands-on hands-on experience than they will ever do in university i have people coming back to me from berkeley the conservatory telling me i taught them more <laughs> in a week than they learned in a whole semester 100 percent, 100 percent. i've had the same shit like i've had same the same people telling me that they, they like there's people playing my videos in like lectures and stuff you know what i mean at fucking <laughs> music teaching schools and stuff like that and dope. like it's like what the hell <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i've been doing this for like four five six years now mm. like just all self-taught and just taught online mm -hmm. um and and that's that's cool though because like i think that's needed everywhere i think that's needed with all like all topics everything music business um like all topics i think the whole system kind of needs to be re rearranged you know what i mean mm -hmm. and there's so much value like you said music specifically they took away the funding for music programs in america so america naturally created a need and a void for the stuff we're doing and we came to the plate we said we're going to put the people first and we're going to serve them and look david beat goliath we're beating out berkeley we're beating out these universities who are wasting people's time basically and we're winning because we put the people first and we decided to go into that void. Um, like you said, the online community is opening up a whole new industry of just e-commerce e in general and the billions, mm -hmm. the tens and hundreds of billions 
are being created every year. Um, what simply are, through. Sorry, I was going to say, what are those other like besides your own YouTube and and your own personal brand? Like, what are those other business uh, ventures that you mm-hmm. are like starting to look into and st- stuff like that? Well, I learned from Grant Cardone, you have a main pipeline. And when you do other income sources, you don't want to bear, veer too far off because you can lose focus so easy. For sure. So we got the training at BusyWorksBeats.com. We got course packages. We got sound design things going on, sound packages. Okay, we got, um, that's it as far as the main, you know, the live seminar trainings, the business side of music. Um, so as far as training people, I feel like we have what we need so far, to, the foundation at least. Yeah, we can be a lot better, obviously. Um, other businesses, again, I have vested interest in my mentees. So I mentee people in the fashion industry, the modeling industry, the uh, what else did I say? Fashion industry, modeling industry, music industry, video industry. And we create. What does deal. that mean? Like, what does mentee mean? Is that a word I should know? Does that mean mentor? Yeah, I'm their mentor. So they're my okay. debutee or my protege. Okay, that's just the other. Yeah, I get it now. All right. mm-hmm. And I'm just showing them showing them stuff that we learned through business and uh, how sure. to apply it to their business. Like just like marketing on the internet and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, I it's making me realize like how much it goes into what we do daily, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, do you, th- do you think that there's like, cause me personally, I think that there's a lot of room for like, and I think over the next f- few years, five years, at least like there's a lot of company, like, I mean, there's so many music based companies when it comes to like hardware, software, like everything, you know what I mean? Music is huge, obviously. Do you Mm -hmm. like, do you think that, I feel like there's going to be a lot more opportunity for like companies like Razor and like, like those big companies to um, start partnering more with people Mm -hmm. that are making these videos on the internet. And um, I don't know, it's going to be a lot more easier to have those conversations. Like, I like if someone's interested in me, I tell them what I charge because I think it should be like I, I'll charge like thousands of dollars for some sort of like sponsorship or video and mm-hmm. and um true yeah that's a whole that I like yeah I feel like that's gonna grow like it will grow and there will be a, be a lot more opportunity and I don't know it's just cool too it's like a skateboarder like a skateboarder puts out a couple of cool videos someone sees them and then they get a sponsor for their wheels and their trucks and their you know what i'm saying it's like right i should have m audio sponsoring my i've hit them up like i should have them sponsoring me for always using you know how many people have key station 49s <laughs> and are gonna get them because i just said it right now right because of my videos and you know how many people have yamaha i have yamaha hs7s because of all the producers i followed that got the yamahas and and you True. know what i'm saying like I feel like I should be sponsored for all that stuff. True. And um, I'm just excited for the time where that actually happens. <laughs> but like, they haven't caught up yet. But yeah, Like everything, the music, <laughs> the music industry catches up super late. Um, but that's what separates great companies from mediocre companies. The great companies offer equity in their deal. So for example, yeah. Razor or let's say um, M-Audio comes to you and they say, for every person you send to our website that actually orders a pair of headphones or speakers, you get 30%. Okay, so now your influence means something. Mm-hmm. Just like when lawyers get deals, if they're cut into the deal, they're going to push that deal through a lot harder because they have equity in it. You're going to make a lot more through equity than just a one flat fee. So we're making companies money. That We're in the game of making people money, whether it's as a producer, as an artist, or if it's a company. We're creating value 
And the natural byproduct of value is money because people exchange value. So all we got to do now is create deals with these companies and they have to get smart to strategically align with the right people. Because, for example, Kyle Beats might not like that he's doing the same deal as somebody who just decided to start a YouTube channel tomorrow, you know? Yeah. And everyone's brand is different. Just the mm -hmm. way the image and the brand is all different. It's like it's like the um, Forbes. I forget. I think it was just the Forbes top thirty rappers list or something like that. I forget what the, the exact name of it was, mm -hmm. but like Swizz Beats was the highest for producers on there. I think. I think it was Swizz Beats, and it's because it's not because of his music. It's because he has partnership with some vodka line that oh, really? he had a vested interest in. And, um, had a percentage of I, f I forget I forget what the what actual the actual vodka was but like I feel like that's the that's the type of shit that I'm super interested in because I do love music but I also really like the business side b behind everything and sure. the music is just for me the music is just what fuels it like I, I like how can you not like music you know what I mean like when I'm right. listening to something loop over and over like that's the that's the fire behind it all and mm -hmm. like the passion moving forward for everything is business it's a weird like battle True. but yeah it's uh you know what makes america great it's not what we produce it's our culture everybody wants to be like america we're influencing other people we're modulating or manipulating other people's thoughts which lead to actions and lead to commerce and trade so the way we do that through you know business or in general as a country is music and video Hollywood. Hollywood is the center of culture in the entire world, the capital of culture. That's why everybody comes to L.A. This is the capital of entertainment, you know, and this is how we influence tons of people to make emotional decisions. When somebody's buying something, they're making an emotional decision. And the way we get people into emotions is through music, because it's modulating the mind without the mind even knowing. It's manipulating your emotions without you knowing. And it goes right through the brain barrier and it influences people that's the power of music so we monetize it like you said through deals um you know deals yeah. with and and you mentioned the vodka company swiss beats we have a music video you just reminded me we did miami um the video was called have you ever F no it was called uh we love and we actually met i was in a multi-million dollar mansion i had my friends holly she has a bunch of models with her we had a cool photo a cool photo shoot and video shoot and I met a vodka owner, a company of a, a vodka brand called Thug Life. So just by being in the area, I met this guy. So I'm like, why don't you just put your thing in the video? And I have now, you know, building that relationship up so we can build it into an equity position. So now when I have live events, I can now have his specific drink for the adults. And that's the way I think. That's probably the way you think, too. Yeah, for sure. It's just, it's just fun. It's just interesting. You know what I mean? Like it just it just sparks my interest, I guess. It's just another thing right. like, that I have just have passion for. What do you think you want to do with like like with those songs and the music videos and stuff? Is that just because you really want to do it or do you actually like want to pursue that? Mm -hmm. This is a good question because this was on the mind of Taylor. Taylor, if you're watching the replay, I love you a billion percent. She doesn't believe me. She thinks I'm gonna run away and go on tour and fall in love with the model. Models are actually very annoying to deal with, for one, and I don't like their lifestyle. It's it's not a lifestyle that's attractive for me. Um, but my goal is to show people they can do it too. I did that with no label. I did that on my own strength, my own money. I had to find the venue. I had to find the connections. I had to find the girls. I had to find the videographer. I had to fly everybody out to Miami. 
or not everybody, but me and Jay out to Miami, um, meet up with Holly, you know, add more value, give them a free photo shoot so they don't feel so they don't feel like they're just sitting around for a music yeah. video they're going to see in seven months. Like let people have pieces that they can promote something. And how can I multiply taking one thing and multiply it into a billion things? So let me tell you a couple layers of leverage so that the people at home can understand. So one form of leverage is giving them a photo shoot so that they can then promote being in the same location as me and then promote my brand by self-interest of promoting themselves. Second form of the music video uh, was the Baca company, again, trying to build that relationship so we could leverage it for an event. Third thing for the music video is to show people you can go from your parents' extra bedroom to freaking a mansion in Miami worth $6 million, six bedrooms that all have bathrooms, all on one floor, Everything was super white and nice, and you can live that, okay? Maybe not every day, I don't live there, but you can do that out of your own pocket, you know? I don't have any label funding, this is out of my money. I told you, well, not you, Kyle, but um, I told people in the live chat, I remember I was spending 30,000 a month in ads alone. You know, this is back when I used to spend a ton of money on ads. I've converted that to now using things like this for leverage, because now after the music video's out, I can then show people how to make you the music. I can give them the sounds for 808s of Mermaids, which is going to be a thing. And I can be on other people's channels on YouTube. Okay, so I'm on I Am Dante's channel. I took a video that had 40,000 views on my channel, and I got 10 times the amount of views on I Am Dante's channel. His video got 500-something thousand views simply by me featuring my music video. So now I can multiply my music video and my presence times however many influencers there are on YouTube. And that's the way I think, you know, how can we multiply? Yeah, that's what I used to do too. Cause like I had a lot of camera skills and stuff um, with like photo shoots and video shoots. And like, I, I, I've said this before, but I haven't said it enough. I don't think like if you want to get in the room with literally like pretty much any artist, I mean, maybe some, obviously some bigger artists aren't going to want this or need this and have been offered a million times, but like, there's artists that are at a high level. If you're a producer, learn how to use a camera and offer them free photo shoots, free video shoots, anything. Like if someone has a show in your hometown, like message their manager, email them if they're not, if they're like not too big or anything like that, or like hit up their like sound guy, like figure it out and like be like, yo, if you need a camera guy, I'll come through. Like everyone always needs photo shoots. Everyone always needs content. And if they can get it for free and it's dope enough, like you'll be able to build a relationship. I've, I've built so many relationships by giving out photo shoots for cheap or giving them out for free. Like, and I'll come through and be like, yo, I'll, I'll shoot your show for free. Even mm -hmm. like homies that like, I know like that. I don't know if you know, do you know Whit Lowry? Um, doesn't spark a, a memory, no. Um, he's pretty, he's, he's pretty popular if you look him up. But like he was doing a show um at the Beecham in Orlando and it was like and he's big you know what I mean he's a big he was on tour but like tour is hectic so like there's a lot of things going on I know he had a video guy but I knew he didn't have a I know his video guy now I know all of them but like I knew he didn't have a photo guy and I was just his homie I was like hey like I'm in Orlando like I come to the show and I was like yeah if you need a photo shoot like if you need hurry if you need a photographer too like i'll just do it for free i'll come through and mm -hmm. like instead of just sitting there backstage like kyle beats the fucking <laughs> producer with a thousand instagram followers it's like i came through and took photos for him and just mm -hmm. um i don't know just doing stuff like that like you said like being able to just 
put the vodka in for that dude and being able to just give those girls a free photo shoot, like Mm -hmm. doing little things like that, like bringing value to someone Mm -hmm. is so important. Even when you're hitting up your favorite producer, like if you hit them up and say, Hey, listen to my music. Most likely they're not going to listen to it. Like every every now and then I'll listen to random ones, obviously, and like give feedback because I'm having a good day. Mm -hmm. But like, if you're able to like, bring value to them somehow or give them something you need or something they need or whatever just just like figure it out like most likely they're gonna need free stuff (laughs) so and and just to give people like a more advanced view for your audience and my audience alike you you brought up a good point about the photographer and videographer thing whenever i have one photographer i have a photographer or excuse me whenever i have one videographer i have a photographer taking pictures of the videographer and the videographer taking pictures or video of the photographer so now everybody's being included in this equation. And you remember the movie The Secret when that came out? Yeah. Um, Based I on the book. I might have seen it. I don't know. Yeah, I know what you're Netflix. talking about. Yeah. The reason that did so well is because they brought all the influencers under one roof and everybody promoted it. So here's what I said. Being a baby, you're selfish in business. You think it's all about you. You don't want to pay anybody. You don't want to bring anybody else in the equation, but you're actually shooting yourself in the foot because if you bring people into the equation, you can now give 20% effort and get 3000% result. And that's what I've learned over time. You scratch the back of everybody around you and you multiply the effect of the one thing. So that one music video we did now has 12 different purposes. That's multiple streams of income, not how do I set up a different business and do all this type of stuff. It's how do you take one moment and make 12 different things of value out of that one moment. That's the way you should start thinking. And every high net worth individual in America or around the world, the way they judge their net worth is not how much money they have in the bank. They judge their net worth based on the equity they have in other companies. That's why they can never really tell you their net worth. It's a guess because it's mm-hmm. business is fluctuated, uh, fluctuating. There's never one solid year where you do the same yeah. amount every single year. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Like as you, like once you see people starting to get, because like once you make, like for example, Conor McGregor made a, uh, supposedly a hundred million dollars in the Floyd Mayweather fight. Like mm-hmm. the second he got out of there and got all that money, like the you're gonna put be putting that into other businesses and creating and starting other businesses. So basically, the a lot of the money goes away <laughs> quickly. Not a lot of it is mm-hmm. that's a lot of money, but like you're sending a lot of that money away into different places immediately. So it's not necessarily going to be, yeah. Like the, your, your worth is your assets and your connections and your brand really is mm-hmm. your worth. That's why I went um, I, Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was going to say, did you ever get like into like, once you started getting YouTube views, did you ever like get into like the beat selling world? On, yeah. Like, Here's what people really? don't understand. I sell beats online. It's just I do it so masterfully, you don't even know I'm selling beats. <laughs> Whenever I sell, you know, our ultimate producer bundle, busyworksbeats.com, not only do you get the sounds for the beats, you get the templates for the beats, and then you get the MP3 and wave for the beat. So I'm selling the beat, the sounds, the project templates, and the presets and mixing presets. I just increase the value of the beat. So now it doesn't just look like a beat. Now it's something completely different. And there's something in business called force multiplier. If you want to take down a great city, you don't just send one big bomb. You send the Air Force, you send the military, you send the Navy. It's multiple things attacking that thing. 
And the same you're saying way, like in the in the packages you have like the so you're saying like to like producers are buying that. Mm-hmm. Producers, artists, anybody. It might be an artist who is considering making their own beats, so they have the project just in case. They may just want the beat. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You could but buy. Never, did did you ever get into like the leasing, the leasing industry? I should say. <laughs> That's what I mean. People don't have a greater idea of business, so they think only the beat. That's like going to McDonald's and saying, "I sell fries." I'm like, I want to run a McDonald's, not a fry business. So I, I'm thinking beyond just the micro component of the beat. How can I take this one thing and make 12 things so that you get the max amount of value so that it's a no brainer when you go to pull out your wallet? It's not just the beat. You know, it's everything else. It's the upsells, the downsells, the value creation, the addition of value. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what you, is your... I mean, you def- you definitely have like a, you can definitely tell you have a passion for like business for sure. I feel like you, you're, you really like to build, which, which is like what I like too, but like mm-hmm. you definitely really like to build mm-hmm. a business. You know what I mean? I think that's, that's like, you can tell that's like one of your big passions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I heard your story about your, your experience, even with the app, whether it came to fruition or not, you learned real life stuff about being in the trenches. And that to me is worth more than somebody copying a Johnny Giuliano website page and thinking they're in business. Yeah. Yeah. That, that shit was like, you learn a lot quickly. <laughs> like when dealing with, especially when dealing with like, cause the people that invested were super rich and successful. So they were, you know, you're meeting with them and talking to these successful people. And like, honestly, something that taught me too is like, all right, well, these are the people fucking with hundreds of millions of dollars, like, and they're just normal ass people. You know what I mean? And then like through those, through connections, like through that, through other things, like I met, I don't know if you know, Cam Meekins, Mm -hmm. Uh, I met this dude, Cam Meekins, and he was going on tours. I started DJing for him on tours and like doing shows in front of thousands of people being a rapper's DJ. And then through him as well, we were able to like be backstage with like G Easy before that big song came out mm-hmm. and like be backstage with like I don't even know like so many like big people at like House of Blues and like these big thousands of people thousands of people venues and going to crazy after parties and like those two experiences and now with the YouTube and challenge myself with videos and being on stage mm-hmm. all those experiences together kind of taught me like in a few years kind of taught me that like alright we're all just fucking out here trying to trying to do what we're trying to do like everyone is the everyone like there's nothing special about these people you see on tv or like your favorite celebrities like everyone's just everyone's just a human being you know what i Mm -hmm. mean and like there's no reason why you can't be you can't do what you want and Mm -hmm. you're in control of your own life you know what i mean like so i think that's another thing too is just like going out and doing stuff is just like doing things is super important because like when someone copies copies a certain person's website like i tell people like when i see someone tweet at me and they say oh i posted my first vlog or i posted my first beat or i posted this that and you Mm -hmm. look at it and it's basically an exact copy of like either me (laughs) or someone else that's a producer and you can just tell it's like all the same type of branding Mm -hmm. it's cool like when i made my first beat it was pretty much a jolly beats type beat but just recreated Mm -hmm. so like it's cool, but that's not going to bring you s- true success. It's only going to, like, 
it's cool because that's that you know you can do that and you're like in a way you're kind of like creating and it feels cool to create it's like still mm-hmm. tapping into that creative gene true but you don't yeah. even you don't want that to, you don't want that to be successful because then that person with the johnny giuliano website but with their own branding it's just going to be the b version of johnny giuliano you know what i mean so, so it's true. not going to bring you that true value think about it the way i can describe it to my audience specifically is there's drake who gets all the girls he wants to get they're gonna drop everything for drake in a moment's <laughs> sec you know in a second versus the lookalike who looks like drake there's no trust built up with the other person whether he looks like drake exactly. or not it's about trust and it's about status and it's about reputation the other guy just looks from the outside like drake you know we can have a fake apple and we can have an organic apple you know the shiny fake apples that they put in like the houses and stuff Mm -hmm. but once you take a bite of the fake apple you know there's styrofoam on the inside why would you think that's edible you know you know that the organic apple is the real apple you're and it's nutritious so regardless of if you copy Kyle beats or if you copy busyworks beats or anybody whoever it is you're not going to be them because you're not their spirit. You're not the trust element and you can never clone a trust element. When Kim Kardashian signs those tens of million dollar deals, Kim is signing that her clone is not signing that contract. But it's definitely understandable if you do, like if you're starting off and you copy someone, it's definitely understandable. Oh, because yeah, like true. you don't know what else to fucking do because <laughs> you don't know how to be. It's almost like you got to figure out what your own style is so you have mm-hmm. to start off like that's what i did i started off by i copy jalil beats and then um mm-hmm. scott storch and start making beats like that ryan leslie blah mm-hmm. blah 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 eventually you come up with your own like now i have a kyle beats type beat style that people make okay. um my bad i didn't know you were taking that path so to be fair okay I did, uh, but get- you're right though like if you if someone continues to do that and like I think when you're first starting out and you're making your first video, it's hard not to copy someone. But mm-hmm. like, um, if you continue to do that, thinking this is what's going to bring me success, it's def- it's 100% not going to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just just so to clarify, right? Um, there's one thing in business. I don't want to demonize this because this is a business principle. The first thing we do is set a theory or a model. Just like there's atomic theory with all the understandings in physics and molecular theory for biology. We have to have a, a foundational thing that we copy from something that's already working because it figured out the laws of the universe to make that thing work. So at least start with this. How do we make it better? How do we optimize? I don't want to demonize that because having a model or a person to model is the first step. Um, but just be aware, I think, is, is the issue. Um, yeah. People, you know, they may idolize Kyle Beats and do everything like you but they're they're like why aren't i succeeding you know they may question themselves but what it really yeah. is is that kyle beats has built up trust in the market goodwill he's given so much value that when you see kyle beats and you see his face you trust him you're not going to trust joe schmo beats because he has a similar age yeah you got to figure out like who you are too it sounds weird it sounds random as fuck but like you literally have to figure out who you are and like what like what you're all about and like what you want to be about Mm -hmm. um and like it sounds random but you that just comes with like doing i guess but what what do you think what do you think like when it comes to like the busy works beats brand like where Mm -hmm. do you see it do you see yourself like 
creating a company like M Audio, do you see yourself getting like having sponsors like and being partnered with like companies like Razor and then building up the um the like music theory production right. um school thing or like what do you think is like mm-hmm. in the next like five, ten years is like your big like thing that you want to do with the cool. brand? Good question. Uh, let me give a context so people understand where I'm going because I don't want to confuse people who are new. There are three levels of business. There's a cash flow business, the first style of business. Second level of business is a heavy investment, high reward, high risk business. And the third is a low return but low risk business. So we started out as BusyWorks beats the cash flow business, doing what we have to do to earn income per month. Next step was to create our new training platform, which cost me $50,000 of investment. That's legal fees development fees, whoever, partner fees, time, equity, okay? 50,000 of my own cash into this project, minimum 50,000. I'm just putting out a vague number, okay? That's a high risk. I'm putting all this cash at risk, but there was a high reward. It already grossed past 100,000 in the first six months. So I've multiplied the money that I put in already in the first six months. Why? Because it's high risk, high reward. I'm giving so much value and I'm putting my balls to, what is it Scarface say? All I have is my balls and my word. I'm putting my word and my reputation on the line to see if this thing's gonna work. And God willing, you know, we're training more producers and artists around the world to change the world. So that's the high risk, high reward. Next step is to do things that are low risk. uh, What'd I say? Low risk, low growth. So company or, you know, software companies. I want to have the whole gamut of control because if we can control the software and the plugins you have, now you're going to get what you want instead of complaining to me about the preset that you don't have from X and O company or why X and O company is not listening to the consumer. And we have that every single day. So software. Do you think that that you'd want to make like your own like FL studio or like your own plugins? I think the DAW level might be a little bit of an uphill battle because yeah (laughs) but as far as software because i have a lot of sound designers around me and the point of hip-hop the sound always changes so we are going to give you the exact presets that you want not the bullcrap thousand presets that people give you that you don't use the exact sound you want that's our leverage and i want to start with a a soft synth plugin first in the software that's cool yeah, I always thought about like stuff like that, just like creating my own like plugin and stuff. That that'd be super cool, but mm-hmm. not right now. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I a, I think. Sorry, what were you gonna say? It, it's capital intensive. It requires a lot of cash. Yeah, and it takes, it takes a lot of time too. It takes a lot of your time to focus on something like that. And the bigger, bigger, just to give you the broad, broad picture that I have in my head, is how do I multiply my training and bring on more trainers? Okay, so now we can multiply. And then how do I then go to a physical location? Because people keep saying, game, do you have a physical place? And I'm like, no. But here's what I'm going to do as a business owner. I'm going to learn how to raise capital. I'm going to learn how to bring in, you know, whether the bank's an investor or outside investors, give them a little equity. But then I'm going to go acquire physical studios that are dying because it's a dying industry. I'm going to convert that. Mm hmm. So we went from the peak of the physical studio industry down to the node. Remember I talked about the Phoenix rising from the ashes? Yep. I'm going to take that business that's going down the roller coaster, flip it past the node and bring it back to life by giving people a place to express and learn and maximize their value. So now they can go out and learn how to make money themselves and be successful. And, um, 
you know, it's pennies on the dollar to buy a studio. I was in Anaheim looking for a studio and the guy was, he sold a studio and we were about to um, do an interview with him, but he's like, yeah, close the studio down. I don't want to see that happen. Like at least convert that energy. Like we went from physical CDs to streaming. Music did not die. It's a $51 billion industry worldwide, 12 billion in the US. It did not die. It converted it's just to like adapting form. it's just like adapting like if you don't adapt you're gonna die no matter what the industry is especially in 2018 like every month shit is changing you know what i mean mm -hmm. six months ago snapchat was popping <laughs> you know what i mean like and now it's gone it's completely like it's not yeah. irrelevant but like now it's like down like mm -hmm. because instagram put a feature in and then snapchat updated and no one liked it so people moved on and it's just wow. like if you're not adapting like you're gonna get eaten up no matter what mm -hmm. but that's and cool I, though i think i would definitely want to have like some sort of like studio someday and like just like a studio that people go to like mm -hmm. eventually i don't know i feel like i want to do like i feel like i really want to do the song stuff and really just like build my personal brand to the absolute maximum over mm -hmm. the next like five years wait songs so like you're making songs yeah i've been making um i've been making songs now for a while i mean they're my first songs that i'm putting out and i have like three four of them that are like pretty much almost done i just have to like it's just hard like i mean you've you've recently put out your own songs and stuff like that it's hard when you're making those first ones to like get it how you want it because the beats are so perfectly amazing and like I know everything I'm doing, but it's hard to develop your voice. But yeah, I don't know. I think that's the route. It just has more value. You know what I mean? Like being a producer has value, but like, and like I've pretty much hit the maximum when it comes to brand, like how much value I can give myself as a producer. Mm -hmm. And now it's just getting more numbers and hitting more people. But like when it comes to like being an artist, it's like, it's like the podcast. Like when I started the podcast, like I felt the brand upgrade and almost gave me like a nice little upgrade on the brand. And right. um, I think being, being able to be in control of everything. Like mm -hmm. I have all these beats laying around. If I can, put lyrics on them and they sound great i think i can just i just have the ability to create like i have a very good ability to just create like i want to make songs that are very creative and put out mm -hmm. music videos with them and just build this whole kyle beats brand and i'm That's definitely keeping the, i'm gonna keep the kyle beats i'm not gonna change it either it's just gonna still be kyle beats <laughs> thank goodness you have some sense uh, people are like game what's your <laughs> stage name i'm like it's busy words beats why would i change my brand exactly it doesn't matter what the fuck you're called it's just it matters what you think of when you hear the name true and let me ask you did you plan on going on tour with this or are you just trying to leverage that to like you grow oh if i i'm fucking if i'm putting out songs and and like i really like them mm -hmm. and i mean i don't know they're if if i really like them i think they're gonna do good but like if i really like them and they're doing good dude i'm going on tour like ever since ever right. since i did those tours and like DJed in front of thousands of people like when you hop out on a stage and the fans are like they're just like turning up because they don't even care like you're I'm the yeah. openers DJ but they're just turning up because it's just like it's lit there's thousands of people in the crowd they're all packed in together and you're just shouting stuff through a mic and jumping up and down like that feeling is like I don't know it's amazing it's like such a good feeling to just be like playing crazy music and jumping around on stage. So if I was doing mm -hmm. that for my own music and I was selling out like a venue of like a thousand people, mm -hmm. I don't know, that would be amazing. Like, I think I would just be able to just inspire so many fuck, including myself. Like I would, right. I would record the whole thing and watch that back and be like, holy shit, it's fucking <laughs> insane. Like that would be so fun to create that, that 
to just create that create music people fucking love it make videos around it make videos around actually going on the tours and like as well as inspiring so many people right and maybe a little bit of a flex <laughs> yes it's, it's the cool thing to do but yeah and, i don't know that's just where i see myself now but so that's what motivates you and you had a taste of the reality of that and um, exactly you know for me speaking um the only thing that stops me, well not stops me from going on tour one it's not really an internal drive but for you it seems like something that excites you like you made me excited listening to you get excited about going on tour yeah <laughs> so your enthusiasm spilled over which means you have a real passion for it um someone like me i'm trying to start a family and i already know how it feels to be away from my little puppy he's my little son but um <laughs> you know to build a family for me i would have to be a little more conscious of being around them as much as i could so it's not as attractive for me specifically for all the mm -hmm. you know for taylor specifically i'm explaining why i'm not going to go on tour with all these models it's not my goal um, yeah but shout out yeah to, i'm I mean, not i don't really like to travel too much like when i went on those tours two weeks and i was like fuck this get me back to my studio like i'm super into like i was gonna ask you about this too because you said you worked out you work out and stuff and like like my daily schedule is so just like important to me like i wake up i and i feel like it is now just hearing you say that i feel like it is for you too like i wake up i eat breakfast i drink caffeine i do this mm -hmm. and that like ideally like i have a perfect daily schedule i work mm -hmm. out i eat the right things take multivitamins fish oil super healthy Mm -hmm. And it just sets me in the right mood. Um, like, what is your daily schedule like for you? Cool. I've been studying Sam Ovens a lot, and he taught me to really correct my flow. So, yes, routine is very powerful. Ritual is very yeah. powerful. Um, when I wake up in the morning, you know, ideally 6.50, I'm copying Sam Ovens' model of Woo! time. Yeah, ideally. <laughs> Not saying it happens every day. But 6.50, I put my phone across the room so that I have to get up to, to turn the yeah. alarm off. And then uh, get in the use the bathroom first because like there's a lot of people who just don't use the bathroom in the morning and you wonder why you're like cramped up and like agitated <laughs> throughout the day. It's because you got to release all the toxins that are just in your body. So get all the toxins out um, as the shower is heating up. So you can even simultaneously okay use the bathroom as the shower is running. And then I do sit ups. I do like 50 sit-ups exercises for my abs, uh, 30 push-ups, and 45 uh, just jumping up and down to get my blood really going. Just to get your body going, yeah. Hop in the shower, warm shower. Um, go to the gym right away. Get that out the way. Because there's something called the circadian rhythm, which is yeah, yeah. sunlight uh, and moonlight. So we're naturally beings that excel during the sunlight, not the nighttime. So... When I hear a lot of producers saying they stay in the studios up, you know, midnight, it's not the best way to do it at all. You're being super ineffective. So when you wake up in the morning, the sunlight wakes you up. It, it tells your brain. It goes through your eyelids and tells your brain there's light. So you wake up. Okay. And there's also something called Altranian rhythm, which is your daytime ups and downs. So you have about four hour segments. You have four. You have about 12 hours of daylight. So there's four. There's three four hour chunks. The first four hours is about getting your energy right so you can withstand the whole day. So that's waking all the stuff I already talked about. So once you come back from the gym, then you can have your smoothie or your protein shake or whatever, whatever your food is. Okay. Then you do that for, you know, you finish out the first four hours. The second four hours has to be a rest period. Have you noticed when you're doing videos that 
you hit like a point where your body's just like, all right, I need to take a break. But yeah, <laughs> even with the pod, I get that every time I podcast too. Actually, like right after, <laughs> it's it's like a natural like pause button. Like let's put this on timeout. Yeah, and there's a four hour period where we have to. It's again the sine wave. In the beginning, it goes up. That's the first four hour chunk. Second four hours, it goes down below the threshold or below the node. That's where we rest and we receive. So this is a better time to start learning, a better time to receive things like eating is receiving, um, you know, whatever receiving things you do during the day. That's rest period. Relax your muscle, relax your mind. That's where you get the creative stuff. Less four hours of daylight, you again, go up to your peak energy and do productive stuff. Then when it comes nighttime, um, you rest, which you go back downward. Again, the sine wave going up and down, you rest, you go down. Then your second hour of sleep, the second four hour chunk. So you sleep for about eight hours, it's four hours and four hours. So we're on the roller coaster going up part of your sleep. That's where you start to stress because your body's looking for food. And what do they call it in the morning? Break fast. Okay, so you're stressing your body the last four hours of sleep and it needs food, it needs energy. So that's why there's a high level uh, stress activity. And so, I have to draw it out, but there's six ups and downs throughout the day. So it cycles every single day. It's not the same thing every day. You're not going to start on an up every day. Sometimes you start on the down. So that's, you know, my philosophy. Um, it's really based on the earth. Like it's not even based on a philosophy. It's based on the sunlight. Do you, do you feel like when you get out of that daily schedule if and, and something comes up or it messes it up a little bit that you're kind of like, procrastinating the rest of the day or you're not like yourself or whatever because oh. like w when i talked about the tours like when I, the tours i went on mm -hmm. we didn't have a tour bus we were in like a van you know what i'm saying like it, it, we're just like hopping in and out of hotels it was like it's so much more of a hustle than if you're actually killing it on tour mm -hmm. because you don't have all the things in place to like eat and shower and like all this stuff so it's like a fucking crazy hustle um and you're not really making money either <laughs> so um but like so i noticed every time i did that by the end of it i'm just completely wiped out and it'd mm -hmm. be like three week tour or whatever um yeah so do you notice like when you're out of that like the flow when you're off that daily schedule does it mess you up and like make you tired and stuff you said one thing that was so key and maybe only creators like you and i can understand this but i get cranky when i don't create something for the day Oh, dude, a hundred percent. If I'm not productive, <laughs> dude, if if I'm like not productive and like sitting around and like, if someone, I don't know if like, I don't do this at all, but like, if I was like hanging out with someone or something, like people are just hanging out and like doing nothing and like people that smoke weed and mm -hmm. I don't know, like, I just have to be productive. Like if I'm not productive, it just completely makes me unhappy. Like I have True. to be doing stuff. And that shows that you're in a space where you're, you're the enlightened creator, meaning you only want to receive in order to give. You have such a desire to give that it hurts you not to give. And that's one thing I've noticed. So if I ever had an attitude, mom or Taylor or whomever else I've talked to on the phone, it's probably because I didn't create for that day. And I internally, um, yeah. <laughs> but that's what keeps us going. Like imagine if we didn't get rewarded hormonally for all this hard work we're putting in. Yeah. We would be, nothing would happen. We're not getting rewarded. So I think it's a built-in, natural, innate reward system to keep people doing good things. Yeah, I feel you. Um, I was going to say, 
for someone that's starting off, mm-hmm. someone that listens to this, someone that watches my videos, watches your videos, and they're like, you know what? I'm going to start making beats. And they started off today, day one. They open <laughs> FL Studio. What would you tell them to do day one to start getting, if they wanted to do what one of us is doing, either sell beats online, produce for an artist, or mm-hmm. kind of maybe work with companies like Razor eventually and just build up the YouTube channel and podcast, whatever. What would you tell them today? Okay, three main things. One main thing is there's nine steps to making beats. There's a process. Just like McDonald's has a process for their Big Mac, there's a process for making beats, a step-by-step sequence, which if you follow in order, you will always create a beat. The nine steps are a tempo. Okay, you establish a rhythm. The second step is the chord structure. Okay, you use the rhythm to build chords. Third step is the melody. You're breaking down the, the chord progression into a melodic form because really chords are guiding you melodically. The fourth step is the bass line because the bass is a derivation of the chord progression. The fifth step is the drums because drums are subsequent to the rhythm you use with your bass. The sixth step, step is your vocal because a vocal is an instrument and it has to sit on top of everything else. The seventh step is the mixing phase. This is where you make everything sound balanced and even. The eighth step is the mastering phase where you make stuff sound loud and presentable to the general public. The ninth step is marketing. And this is where everybody is failing right now when it comes to music production or any business. You have to not only create a product, you can have the greatest castle underground but if nobody knows how to get there they never heard about it they never saw it they don't understand the reasons to go there the features the benefits no self-interest reason to go there you can build the greatest castle it doesn't matter so we're building the products as producers but we're not doing all the other stuff that creates a business so that's the first thing understand there's nine steps to making a beat the second thing is breaking the myth that just making beats is enough Okay, so you have to break that myth. And the third thing is you have to give yourself permission to be successful. It sounds weird, but I remember when I went to college my first time and my friend convinced me, my mom's not going to like the story. She's probably going to text me. Not that I care or anything, but I went to college (laughs) with my buddy and I went to my first party and there was beer there on tap. So I was like sitting there with this, you know, cup of beer in my hand and I literally could not take a sip. Because my brain was so structured to not do it and not allow myself to do it that I physically could not do it, even if I tried. So we have those same blocks when it comes to running a business, doing anything successfully. Relationships, a lot of people don't give themselves permission to succeed. So they block themselves from moving to a higher level because they don't believe in it or they just don't have that permission factor. And Mm -hmm. this ties all the way back to parental permissions, deity permissions those type of things, internal permissions. So really seek out, oh, there's Gifted Pedals. What's up, mom? Um, shout out to uh, Gifted Pedals on, uh, Gifted Pedals with a T, by the way, Petals um, on Instagram and YouTube and everything else. Um, but that is how you, I forgot, now I lost my train of thought, but you have to give yourself permission to succeed. And um, it's it's harder than it sounds. Have yeah, you ever had that struggle? Like, just i know what you're saying it's just a lot of like that's a big part of like succeeding at anything it's just figuring stuff out mm-hmm. just like figuring out who you are like what you just said giving yourself uh, permission to succeed and just like mm-hmm. 
looking inside of you and just and just figuring it out both by acting and by like just like figuring out who you are and like um i don't know a lot of it is just figuring and we're all just fucking figuring out no one has it figured out me or you don't have it figured out we're just doing it as we go but like um i think we're definitely both at a level right now to where Mm -hmm. we've we figured out other stuff (laughs) to Mm -hmm. get to the point where we're at that True. people can learn from is why I do this too. But I just thought of constantly cool. just Sorry. trying to figure stuff out. What were you going to say? Yeah, keep going. One more analogy or metaphor is imagine, <clears throat> you know, well, nowadays they fixed it, but imagine having your foot on the brake and the gas at the same time. You're trying to move forward in life, like winning a lottery. People think that if they win the lottery, they're going to be good, but they don't realize it's that. Probably the worst thing that could happen to anyone <laughs> is winning the lottery. <laughs> right. They haven't built up the responsibility of that economy flow. So they're going to be spending that money because they don't believe they deserve it. They haven't given themselves permission to be rich. So your foot is on the brake and the gas at the same exact time. And we're trying to succeed and be the best producer we can be. But we haven't allowed ourselves to receive gifts, to open up our heart to new relationships, to... You know, what else do people block themselves? Would you you think that that's the same as like someone that maybe wants to put the put a camera on themselves but it's kind of like i don't know i remember the first time i started filming it was hard for me to be myself even though i was in a room by myself like i was mm-hmm. almost doing what you just said like i i wanted to be i wanted to put out these videos but i was kind of putting a break on my personality just because i like you're afraid of i don't know what the fuck <laughs> you're afraid of <laughs> it's just like a right. new thing i guess but well i don't know Naturally, we're afraid of embarrassment, not being included in the group, because primarily we are creatures of habit and animals. So we are thinking like animals deep, deep down. If we're excluded from a society, that means we're excluded from the food source, secluded from, excluded from the security. So deep, deep down, we think that if we get embarrassed or denied or rejected, that we're going to be casted away or expelled away. That's just something we haven't evolved out of just yet. Um, But you spoke on... Give me the core concept one more time. My brain went on a, a track. Um, I had like someone that wants to put out a video, but it's hard oh. for them to like, it's hard for them to be themselves. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Right, right. On camera. One thing I learned, I, thank you for that too. My brain just, sometimes I'm on track and I veer a little bit left. And <laughs> I, but um, there's two bank accounts that we all have. And I was just telling, you know, a person I was talking to yesterday about this. There's an emotional bank account. And there's a financial checking and savings. <laughs> oh, yeah. Checking and savings, right? And the market, the market, uh, whatever they're called, market accounts. Um, just teasing, but we have emotional coins and we have financial coins. The emotional bank account is based on self-esteem and confidence. The way we earn coins in that bank is by giving other people confidence and self-esteem. When you see that lady with you know a hat, she seems a little down on her day, compliment her on her hat, lift her up a little bit, lift her spirits, modulate her low frequency with your high frequency words. Words have frequency. Love is the highest frequency. Hate is the lowest frequency. So when you say things to other people, you're modulating them with frequency to raise their lower frequency up so that they have upper harmonics. Now it's up to them to cut out their lower frequencies during the day, but it's your job to go modulate people to a higher frequency or excuse me, through harmonics. So, you know, emotional bank account is based on self-esteem. You get it by giving. It's really that simple. When you have problems in relationships, have you ever noticed that the moment you get over a problem with your your girlfriend or your boyfriend, 
you feel a lot more calm and at ease. You're like, oh, I feel stronger now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just like going to the gym. When you bench your peak of 250, you're like, oh, I can do 250. But now your new basal level went from 120 bench to 180 bench. That's your new floor level. So in life, we have these things which you know, exist as problems, but they're there to burn out our old selves. Just like the story in the Bible where I think Malachi, forgive me for saying the wrong names, biblical names. The point of the story is that they were testing their faith by throwing people into the fire. They either claim the other deity or they claim their own and were thrown into the fire. The point of that is that life is going to send you obstacles that you have to face and you have to burn off your old self to get to the resurrected self or higher frequency self. And we do that by raising our emotional bank account. Now, financial bank account is pretty obvious. I mean, you know, dollars in a bank, investments, all those type of things. But the hidden thing we don't see is that self-esteem and confidence bank account. And that always leads to a higher bank, uh, financial bank account. One teacher, real quick, uh, his name is Manly Hall, I believe, gave a, a lecture about this. He said, if you want to be truly wealthy, make your wife happy. Why? Because she controls the emotional bank account in the relationship. And how do guys and girls usually control the relationship? The male usually controls the financial control. The female controls the emotional control because she withholds her reward of her body, basically. That's just how it works. And if you make your wife happy, you're going to have enough emotional energy to then pursue the market with all your love and purity. And then that returns to you in reciprocity. So you naturally become rich and wealthy, making your wife happy, supposedly, according to Manly Hall. (laughs) Now, I'm sure you've heard the phrase, um, what is it? Happy wife, happy life. Mm -hmm. But there are plenty, plenty guys out here who are, you know, let's just be honest, whipped and they don't have any like intentions for what they do. They're just being like, you know, they don't have any core mission. They're not a man on a mission. So those are the two bank accounts that I feel are extremely important. Let's get it. All right. Well, I think that's a good spot as any to like close this thing out. We've been going for a while now. Awesome. Um, what are your, what are your, for, for anyone who wants to follow you, um, where can they do that? I know YouTube, busy work speeds, where, where else can people follow you and see all your stuff? Mm-hmm. First, I'd suggest uh, Googling busy work speeds. Check me out. Like check what people are saying. Don't take my word for it. Take other people's word for it. Uh, we have plenty of testimonials, but yeah, just Google BusyWorks Beats. We're BusyWorks Beats everywhere. So it's a uniform username. Let's get it. Um, thank you for coming through, bro. This is definitely another unique podcast. Appreciate your take on everything. Mm-hmm. And um, love you, man. That's it, bro. All right. There you have it. There it is. It's lit. We're back. We're doing it. I hope you guys enjoyed that one. Um, like I said, another completely unique podcast. Shout out to Busy Works Beats for coming through. Um, we were, we recorded that on his live stream as well on his YouTube channel. Or if you didn't ca- if you didn't pick up on that, um, but yeah, um, I think this the stuff he was saying about st- wanting to start a a school of some sorts around music production. I think that's so cool, man. I think the world is gonna change a lot in the next like 10, 20, whatever, however many years. Um, And I think that's one thing that's already changing. Like you don't need to go to school for music. Everyone just watches my videos or whoever else's videos and learns and gets inspired. And um, yeah, I think that's where the world is gonna go. And and I think he really has a passion for building businesses and 
um, teaching the basics of FL Studio and uh, and whatever. So, thank you guys for listening. Use the code KB Podcast on Beats or Drum Kits. I guess Beat Stars is down. I don't know, but use the code KB Podcast on all my drum kits, and you'll get a discount when you check out. And that's it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next Wednesday with another one. Shout out to you guys for listening. And I'll hear from you. And until the next one, peace.